Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. We're moving, making our way through Matthew's gospel. And we are in chapter 21, verses 23 through 27 today. Matthew 21. Beginning in verse 23. And when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders and uh, the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus answered them, I also will ask you one question, and if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Father, we pray we would not be a people whom Jesus doesn't answer. Lord, we ask that when we come to You and ask questions, we would do it in humility and in true desire to know the truth. Lord, we pray that we would learn from this time together about Christ's authority and that we would see ways in which we are either overtly or covertly resisting your authority. Lord, we want to be disciples of Jesus and we want to be obedient disciples of Jesus and we pray, Lord God, that you would teach us today all that you have for us from these words of Christ. And we pray, Holy Spirit, You would work in us to make us more like Jesus. We ask, O oh God, we would leave here differently than we came. That we would grow in love for You and trust in You and rejoicing in Your authority that You have over us. We thank You, Father, that You are a good, good Father. That You always use Your authority rightly and justly and lovingly and patiently and kindly. Lord, we pray that we would imitate You. That we would be a people who use our authority in a godly way in submission to Your authority. Lord, there are so many applications that we could take from this text. We pray, Holy Spirit, that You would make them all that we need to hear. For Jesus' sake, Amen. Amen. Two weeks ago, we saw Jesus, the God-man, curse the fig tree giving an illustration of his curse on Israel's ungodliness, sin, and hypocritical religion. Jesus, is in, Jesus encourages his disciples to pr- pursue true, 
genuine and vital religion through faith and prayer. Jesus hates hypocrisy and wants us to pursue true heart worship and genuine godly religion. And He wants us to bear fruit. Unlike the fig tree that didn't bear any fruit, Jesus wants us to bear fruit for Him and His glory. And how do we do that? Well, He told us in John 15, abide in me, Jesus said. I want to read John 15, 4 through 5 and 8 through 11. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. In verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And so we're to bear fruit. We can do nothing apart from Christ. We need Jesus. We've got to abide in Him to bear fruit. What does it mean to abide in Him? I like how one pastor has spoken of it. It is trusting in Jesus. Remaining in fellowship with Jesus, connecting to Jesus so that all that God is for us in Jesus is flowing like a life-giving sap into our lives. That's number one. Abiding is believing, trusting, savoring, resting, and receiving Jesus. Abiding in the vine means receiving and believing and trusting in the words of Jesus. It means receiving the love of Jesus for the Father and for His people and for the joy that Jesus has in the Father and in us. It means sharing the joy, the love, the words with Jesus. And so we were abide in Jesus and bear fruit for Him. Unlike the religious leaders of Jesus' day who rejected Jesus. Today, in our text, we see the religious leaders of Jesus, they question His authority. And Jesus responds by asking them a question they can't answer. Revealing the true state of their sinful hearts and Jesus' supreme knowledge and authority. You don't question Jesus' authority. He holds highest seniority. He alone is the majority in everything. He is superiority. And submission to Him is always your first priority. What is authority? The right and power to command. The right and the power to command. To give orders. To enforce laws. To enforce obedience or to judge. You need the right and the power to do that. That's authority. Parents, you have authority. God gives you authority. Colossians 3.20 Children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. How you doing, children? <laughs> children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. Parents have authority. You, you, you're under authority at school. 
from your teachers, you're under authority in your job from, for those you work for, you're under authority in government. We're to obey the governing authorities. Romans 13, 1 through 2, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. And God, the Holy Spirit, inspired that to be written to the church in Rome, the same Roman government that crucified the Lord of glory. So to a corrupt and wicked and godless government. And yet the Holy Spirit says, submit to them. Obey them. You're under authority in the church. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they're keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Beloved, who is your greatest authority? Who is your greatest authority when even in these authorities I just mentioned, what if they contradict the authority of all authorities? <laughs> Remember Acts 5, we must obey God rather than men. Who is your greatest authority? You don't question Jesus' authority. He holds seniority he alone is the majority, and everything he is superiority, and submission to him is always your first priority. Point number one wicked authorities question Jesus' godly authority. Wicked authorities question Jesus' godly authority. Look at verse 23 again. And when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this? Authority. Jesus was exercising powerful, otherworldly, godly authority. Jesus teaching. He was teaching. Even, they, even as they approached Him in our text today, He's teaching. And His teaching had powerful, otherworldly authority. We've already studied in Matthew 7, 28, and when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at His teaching, for He was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. He was a man who taught with authority. Jesus' actions had powerful, otherworldly authority. We saw this in Matthew 9, verses 6 through 8. Jesus said that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. Jesus could forgive sins. Only God can do that. Jesus is God. Jesus commands people who can't walk to get up and walk and they walk. Because he made legs. <laughs> Jesus' actions had powerful otherworldly authority. And Jesus cleansing the temple, healing 
the, 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 the lame and the blind and the sick and cursing the fig tree demonstrate a powerful otherworldly authority. We've seen this in the last few weeks where Jesus comes into His temple. He is the Lord who comes into His temple. He's God. It's His house. And He cleans house. He heals. He, 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 he speaks to diseases and they go away. He calls dead men to come forth. Lazarus come forth and they rise from the dead. He speaks to fig trees and they wither immediately. He has a powerful otherworldly authority. And so these scribes and Pharisees, these, these leaders, these Jewish leaders, they, they see all these things that he's doing and, and they, they wonder, who is this man? The Jewish religious leaders of Jesus' day question his authority. Where are you from? <laughs> Where did you get this authority? Who gave you this authority? Who do you think you are? They're asking. Jesus is. Jesus showed them who He was. Jesus told them who He is. And He told them where His authority came from. Turn with me to John chapter 8. Jesus showed them and told them who He is. He told them where His authority came from. John chapter 8, verses 23 through 29. And then just stay there, because I'm also going to read 48 through 59. But first, John 8, 23 through 29. He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. So they said to Him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but He who sent me is true, and I declare to the world that I have heard from Him. They did not understand that He had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me, and He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. Jesus tells them where He's from. He is from above. You are from below. I, you are from the world. I am from out of this world. Jesus told them His authority is from the Father and He always does what pleases the Father. And they would not receive Him. Beloved, know this, that wicked authorities hate Jesus because of His divine authority. Wicked authorities hate Jesus because of His divine authority. And, and we need to know that there are wicked people who have authority in this world. There, there are people who misuse authority, who abuse authority, who, who will even stand up and, and, and preach the Bible, but twist it. Twist the Bible. And so that they're really saying what's in their wicked heart and not what God says. That's why I hope you all brought your Bible today. 
have that Bible open when I'm preaching and make sure what I'm saying is in the book. That's why we're congregational. Because God calls you, the congregation, to hold me accountable. Because you're here listening. Presbytery ain't here today. They're never here. You're here. I have friends, Presbyterian friends, and they're, they're not even members of their own church. Where is that in the Bible? Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent right now. You... God says, you, the church, Matthew chapter 18, are responsible to hold me accountable for what I preach in this book. So have a Bible. Have it open. Make sure what I'm saying is coming straight from the book. Because there are wicked pastors who twist this book to their own selfish ends and means. There are wicked authorities in this world who twist God's Word. There are wicked authorities in government, wicked authorities who are teachers in your schools. <laughs> Parents, if you send your children to public schools, you get, you get to know those teachers. Have that teacher over for dinner <laughs> three or four times a semester. <laughs> get to know them. Witness to them. If they ain't Christians, you pursue them so that they become Christians. Wicked authorities. We're voting soon. Who are you going to vote for? Do they, believe, do they believe in chopping up babies? You might want to find that out. They believe in genocide to the unborn? You might want to find that out before you vote because you're going to stand before God on the day of judgment and give an account for who you vote for. There are wicked authorities in government. And we see wicked authorities here. Stand before Jesus and they don't know who He is. Wicked authorities hate Jesus because of His divine authority. Look at verses 48 through 59 in John chapter 8. John 8, 48 through 59. The Jews answered Him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon. But I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. Yet I, yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him. And I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Before Abraham was, I am. Amen. Mm. 
So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Wow. That's my king. (laughs) This would be a great sermon to end with, that's my king, but I'm not going to do it. (laughs) That's my king. Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. And what do they do? They pick up stones to, to kill him. That's always good, beloved, to point out when, when you tell people that and say, well, that's not what he didn't really mean he was God. He was saying something. Well, the Jews who were actually there, who speak his language, who heard what he said, they pick up stones to kill him. Why is that? Why is that? They knew it a little bit better than Bart Ehrman. They knew what Jesus was saying a little bit better than Bart Ehrman. A critic who denies everything we love about Jesus. Now they picked up stones to kill him because they knew what he was saying. He was saying, I am the great I am of Exodus 3.14 when Moses stood before the burning bush and, 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 and the, the angel of the Lord was there in the midst of the bush. Jesus was there then. And ask, who, what's your name? And the Lord God said, I am who I am. Jesus is saying, I am who I am. And in the Jews' mind, they're saying he's blaspheming because he's a mere man. So they pick up stones to kill him. And they should have bowed down and worshipped him because he is the great I am. Jesus told them where his authority came from. Jesus showed them where his authority came from. But wicked authorities hate Jesus' divine authority. Robert Stein comments his authority to cast out demons, to offer the kingdom of God to outcasts, to give the definitive definitive interpretation of the sacred scriptures, to present himself as Israel's king, to judge the temple, to offer himself as a ransom for many, and so on, comes from God. Remember, God himself says of Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You don't question Jesus' authority. He holds highest seniority. He alone is the majority in everything. He is superiority and submission to Him is always your first priority. Point number two. Jesus authoritatively questions the heart. Jesus authoritatively questions the heart. Look at verses 24 and 25 of Matthew 21. Jesus answered them. So they ask this question and Jesus answers them, I also will ask you one question and if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where did it come from? From heaven or from man? Jesus, notice, Jesus is the authority in this interview, this interrogation. They, they, they come to him questioning, and Jesus turns it right back on them. Jesus is the one asking the questions here. This is Jesus' show. You, you ever watched a, a show where it, the, the guest tries to take over? No, no, no. This is my show, bro. I'm, I ask the questions here. I run this thing. You listen. You answer. This is Jesus' show. <laughs> he, he's doing the question asking here. Jesus is in complete control here. His boldness demonstrates His authority. 
His boldness throughout this conversation demonstrates his authority. His, his question here reminds me of, of God questioning Job at the end of Job in Job chapter 40, verses 6 through 12. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Will you even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? Have you an arm like God, and can you thunder with a voice like His? Adorn yourself with majesty and dignity. Clothe yourself with glory and splendor. Pour out the overflowings of your anger, and look on everyone who is proud and abase Him. Look on everyone who is proud. That's what Jesus is doing right now (laughs) to these Pharisees, these Jewish leaders, he's looking on everyone who is proud and bringing them low and tread down the wicked where they stand. You know, Jesus is in control here. And Jesus asks the questions. And you answer me, he says, and then I'll tell you. Jesus asks a question that reveals what's in the heart of these religious leaders. Jesus asked them where John's baptism came from, from heaven or from men. He's he's asking what they believe about John's ministry. Jesus aims at the heart. Jesus exposes the heart. Jesus uh, exposes sin in the heart. What do you say about John who came baptizing and calling people to repent of their sins and being washed from their sins? What do you say about John, the one who is the greatest man born of women, who said, behold, when he saw me, behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. What say ye about John's ministry? And if you get that right, you'll get the answer to your question. Was John from heaven? Was he from God? Was he the the prophet from heaven, from God, who was preparing the way for me? Or not? And if you get that right, you'll know who I am. You'll know where my authority comes from. D.A. Carson says he does not raise this question as a simple rebuke as if to say that if the authorities cannot make up their minds about John, neither will they be able to do so about him. His question is far more profound. If the religious authorities rightly answer it, they will already have the correct answer to their own question. If they respond from heaven, then they are morally bound to believe John. And John pointed to Jesus. They would therefore have their answer about Jesus and His authority. If they respond from men, they offer the wrong answer, but they will not dare utter it for fear of the people. Beloved, you don't question Jesus' authority. He holds highest seniority. He alone is the majority and everything He is superiority and submission to Him is always your first priority. Point number three, the cowardly hearts of sinners who reject Jesus' authority. The cowardly hearts of sinners who reject Jesus' authority. Look at verses 25 through 27. And they discussed it among themselves. So Jesus asked them this question. They they discuss it among themselves. They have a little huddle. We need to talk about this. (laughs) I mean, what does this look like, right? Jesus asked them and they... Wait, wait one moment, Jesus. Uh, uh. And so they have this, this, this huddle to talk about how they're going to answer this. And they discuss it among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, He will say to us, Why then did you not believe Him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. 
So they answered Jesus, we do not know. These Jewish leaders refused to acknowledge that John's authority was from God. They refused to acknowledge that John's baptism was from heaven. They refused to acknowledge that John was a prophet sent from God calling people to repent and prepare the way of the Lord, to prepare the way for Jesus who is the Lord. Again, Jesus called John the greatest man born of women. But they did not believe John. They don't believe Jesus. And they don't believe God. They reject John's authority. They reject Jesus' authority. And they reject God's authority. These Jewish leaders are paralyzed by fear as well. They're paralyzed by fear. They won't say what they really believe (laughs) because they're afraid. If they answer Jesus and say John's baptism was from man, they fear causing trouble with the crowd because the crowd believes that John was a prophet. And so you see that the fear of man here, not only do they reject Jesus' authority, reject who He is, reject who John is, reject who God is, but they are terrified of people. They have a fear of man. They, care, they so care about what men think of them. Proverbs 29, 25, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is safe. We see these Jewish leaders reject Christ and they are terrified of the thoughts of other people about them. May God deliver us from both. May we live for an audience of one. May we be bold in our proclamation of Jesus Christ. May we be bold to speak up and say, Yesu Akbar. Love to go in Walmart and walk around saying, Yesu Akbar. Christ is greatest. We see the ignorance and foolishness of rejecting God's authority. Verse 27, so they answered Jesus, we do not know. They, they should know. They are the authority of, of Israel. They are the, the chief priests, the leaders, the elders. They're, they're supposed to know. They're supposed to lead the people. That They're supposed to know this. They, 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 they give up all their authority. They lay down all their authority here. We don't know. They act like foolish atheists here. Psalm 14.1, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is no none who does good. They have rejected God and His authority and His Son. And they're fools. And they relinquish all their authority. Friend, you may be here this morning and you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you this question. How have you rejected God's authority? How have you rejected God's authority in your life? 
The Bible teaches that all of us have done this in some shape or form. Every time we sin, we reject God's authority. Every time we sin, we reject God's authority. We, we don't like being told what to do. We don't like having people over us. I, I hear some people say, I'm going I'm to work at home. I'm going to start my own business because I don't like being told what to do. Well, it's okay to start your own business. But the reason right there just shows a wicked heart. I don't like having people tell me what to do. No, we don't. We don't. We don't like being told what to do. We want to do what we want to do. When we want to do it. How we want to do it. That's because we're sinners. Friend, how have you rejected God's authority? Have you rejected God's authority by failing to trust His Son? Have you rejected God's authority by the way that you live in your sexual life? Have you rejected God's authority in the way that you do business practices? Have you rejected God's authority by the way that you lead in your home? In the way you train or fail to train your children? Do you re reject God's authority by not standing for the truth, by not speaking the truth? All of us in some way have rejected God's authority. And that's called sin. And the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and because of our sin we deserve God's wrath in hell forever and ever and ever where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. But praise God, He loves sinners. God loves authority rejectors. He, he loves people who have rejected His authority. He has every right to just stamp us out like ants. He would be just and righteous to do that. That's what we deserve. But He doesn't. He, 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 he has mercy. He, he has mercy and He sent His Son Jesus whom we see teaching today and, and Jesus lived and taught this way and, and always uh, used authority in a righteous and godly way. Never abused His authority. Lived a perfect life. Died on that cross where He took upon Himself God's wrath and curse and judgment toward authority breakers. And He died and He was buried. And on the third day He rose from the dead so that all who turn and trust in Him can be forgiven and justified and saved and reconciled to God. I mean, this is the good news. This is the Gospel. You can't earn this. You can't work for it. There's nothing you can do. You, 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 you can't go on jihad to earn this. You can't go kill people and, and cry out, God is great to earn this. You can't give enough money to tithe to earn this. You can't do anything to earn this. It's a free gift. It's a free gift given and you can simply receive it by faith alone, right? Reformation Day, this Tuesday, we're justified by faith alone. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the Bible alone, for the glory of God alone. Friend, if you're here and, and, and you have 
not done this, would you trust Christ today? Would you believe on Him? The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Would you do that today? Would you believe Him and trust Him? He will forgive you. He will save you. I'll be here afterwards. There are other believers here who would love to speak with you. Find somebody and do business with God today and leave here saved. Today is the day of salvation. And when you trust in Jesus, He changes your life. He changes your heart. And, and you, 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 you see Him as beautiful and glorious and you, you love His authority. You love what He says in His Word. You, you want to do it. You, you might not do it perfectly, but you want to do it. I saw this picture with a, a quotation by William Gurnall, and it was this pig in, in, a, in a bunch of mud, and I can't remember it perfectly, but he said something like, you know, the, the, the true mark of a, of, of a believer is, is that he, 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 he wants to flee impurity and pursue holiness not that he, 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 sometimes he falls down, but he gets back up and he's pursuing holiness. Whereas the, the, the pig loves the mud, lives in the mud, delights in the mud. That, that's the difference in a believer and unbeliever. An unbeliever, they love the mud. They wallow around in it. You know, they're there, they love it. They're at home. It's, it's paradise. Their sin is paradise to them. But then you get saved. And you, you wake up and, ugh, ugh, this is nasty. And yes, you might fall in from time to time, but you hate falling in and you fight it, you get up and you, you pursue holiness. And you love Christ's authority. You don't question Jesus' authority. He holds highest seniority. He alone is the majority and everything He is superiority and submission to Him is always your first priority, believer. Point number four. The deafening silence of Jesus' authority. The deafening silence of Jesus' authority. Look at verse 27 and how He answers these religious leaders. And He said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Jesus refuses to answer their question. God is silent. God the Son resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And here we see these proud religious leaders come before Jesus Christ, the God-man, and He won't answer them. God is silent and resists us when we come to Him in arrogant pride, questioning His authority. 1 Peter 5, 5, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Beloved, every question doesn't need to be answered. You don't have to try to answer every question. Your friends that always ask you questions about God, you don't have to answer every question. Every question doesn't deserve an answer. Remember the story Jesus told about Lazarus and the rich man? And the rich man was being tormented under God's wrath and was crying out, please, please, grant me relief 
Sorry, there's a great chasm. Abraham answers. He says, please, please go warn my family. And Abraham says in Luke 16, 31, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. These religious teachers had Moses and the prophets. They had everything that Jesus had done and said up until this point in His ministry. And... If they won't believe that, they're they're not going to believe what Jesus says here. Jesus' infinite wisdom demonstrates His absolute authority. Jesus is displaying for us His infinite wisdom in His refusal to answer this question. Proverbs 26.4 says, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will be like him yourself. And you've got to have wisdom to know when not to answer a fool because the other proverb says answer a fool according to his folly. So you've got to have wisdom to know how to apply those proverbs. And Jesus is showing us his infinite wisdom here and not answering a fool according to his folly. Jesus has infinite wisdom. Colossians 2, 2 and 3, Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus shows us his authority in His boldness. He shows us His authority in His wisdom. And beloved, we should be reminded we must come to God in humility. Unlike these religious leaders, Psalm 28, 1 and 2 says, To you, O Lord, I call my rock. Be not deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy. We come to God in humility, longing to hear what He says so that we can obey Him and not to try to trap and trick Him. We must come to God in humility. And beloved, though we have all rebelled against God's authority, we can hope in God's mercy because there was a place that God was silent when His own Son cried out to Him on the cross. Do you remember that time? God was silent to His own Son when He cried out, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? And on that cross, the Father crushed His own Son for all of our wicked rebellion and punished Him in our place. He suffered the wrath of God that we deserve and was raised on the third day that we might be saved. You don't question Jesus' authority. He holds highest seniority. He alone is the majority in everything. He is superiority. And submission to Him is always your first priority. And finally, point number five, we must submit to Jesus' authority and it is our joy to submit to Jesus' authority. You need to have both those. We must and it's our joy. That's biblical. Not just it's our joy, we also must. You got, you got to cover both of those. We must submit to Jesus. Some people don't like the must. Oh no, it's so hard. It's so hard. He's putting weights on me. I must. Yes, you must. I'm sorry, that's what Jesus says. If you don't like it, take it up with Jesus. You must obey Him. 
and it's our joy. It's our joy. It's our delight. We who are born again, we delight to do what we must do. If you don't get that, you need to keep reading the Bible. You need to keep getting to know Jesus. Because both are true. And both should move your heart to joy. In Christ, we are enabled and empowered to obey and submit to Jesus' authority as our greatest joy. In Christ, we are united to Him who has all authority. His authoritative law is written on our hearts as believers. His authoritative Holy Spirit dwells in us. We have been authoritatively adopted into His authoritative family. God is our Father. And so we delight to do what Father says. We delight to do what our King says. And we know we must. We're glad we must. And the part of it that feels burdensome because I know, I know, we, it does feel burdensome, right? Sometimes, maybe often. But if you're born again, you hate that part. I hate that part. When, when I feel burdened by God's commands, Lord, forgive me. Forgive my cold, dead heart. And, and sometimes I've been honest. Lord, save me if I ain't saved. Save me. <laughs> Why does this old, cold, dead heart still troubled with this? Cause me to be born again. Fill me with your spirit. Should be my joy to do this. Come on. We fight. Even if we fight. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. We're going to cry out. That the Lord would empower us to do what He says. That's just what believers do. And we keep fighting. We get knocked down. We get up again. Because Christ is in us. So in Christ, we're enabled and empowered to obey and submit to Jesus' authority as our greatest joy. Our joy is to obey all that Jesus has commanded and point others to Him as well. That's our mission as a church. If you were asked, what's the mission of Only Baptist Church? You can go to Matthew 28, 18-20, or just remember the Great Commission. That's our mission as a church. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Amen. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, <coughs> baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Our joy is to obey all that Jesus has commanded and point others to Him as well and, and help them come to know Him and learn to obey all that Jesus has commanded. Because He has all authority and because He's with us. He's with us. He's going to help us. Our joy is to be content in all that Jesus has ordained for us. Our joy is to be content this is part of submitting to Jesus' authority. 
is to be content in all that He has ordained for us. Psalm 139.16 says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God has ordained everything that's happened in your life. No matter how good, no matter how bad, no matter how hard, no matter how sad, no matter how painful, no matter how sinful, God has ordained every single thing that happens in your life. From the hairs of your head to the flight paths of birds. God's ordained it all. In His book, everything was written about how your life would pan out before one day came to be. And, as a believer, we know that God says He's working all of that for your good. It's, it's all working for your good. Everything is working for your good. Maybe most especially that thing you really wish wasn't happening right now. And, and what, what, is, what is Romans 8.28 about? It's, it's about you being made more like Jesus. Everything working out for your good is not always peaches and cream. It's not, all, it's not having your best life now. <laughs> we, 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 we believe we're going to have our best life in the life to come. Romans 8.28, working everything for your good. What is your good? To be made more like Jesus. That's your good. That's the context of that verse. And so God is working everything out in your life to make you more like Jesus Christ. That's good. Elizabeth Elliot says, He makes us wait. He keeps us on purpose in the dark. He makes us walk when we want to run. Sit still when we want to walk. For He has things to do in our souls that we are not interested in. A lot of times we're not interested, are we? But we want to be. Lord, make me more like Jesus. Whatever you have to do, Lord, make me more like Jesus. Make me more like Jesus. As the hymn writer says, Whatever my God ordains is right, His holy will abideth. I will be still whatever He does and follow where He guideth. He is my God, though dark my road. He holds me that I shall not fall. And so to Him I leave it all. And so to Him I leave it all. Part of what it means to submit to Jesus' authority is to be content in what He's ordained for you. Lord, we believe, help our unbelief. Children, it should be your joy to submit to and obey your parents because when you do, you're submitting and obeying Jesus. That's the main way, children, that you really sh show forth your obedience to the Lord right now is that you obey your parents. You do what they say with joy. And in doing so, you are submitting to God's authority, to Christ's authority in your life because you're submitting to their authority and Jesus commanded them to have authority over you. Our joy, beloved, is to submit and obey our employers, our teachers, our pastors and elders because when we do, we're submitting and obeying Jesus. Today we see the religious leaders of Jesus' day question His authority and Jesus responds by asking them a question they can't answer, revealing the true state of their sinful hearts and Jesus' supreme knowledge and authority. But you don't question Jesus' authority. He holds highest seniority. He alone is the majority and everything He is superiority and submission to Him is always your first priority. 
Jesus owns all authority on high. False teachers, evil tongues, He'd tie. Then speak the truth and for us die. Authority is the right and power to command. To whom will you bow and not withstand? Christ the King rules every land. All other powers are sinking sand. His kingdom's rule will ever expand. So turn from self-rule and what you've planned. Submit to Him and give your hand to do with joy His command. His death was just. God's right demand. He rose alive in glory grand. And now if you by faith will stand, you'll enter in the promised land. Who will you above all obey? That's your king, no matter what you say. You get that? Whoever you obey, that's your king. The greatest king that makes us stray is our king self. That we must slay. Now put king self to death and say, My Christ is all, for all he'd pay. He died and rose on the third day to take your wicked sin away and be the king you will obey. He'll never let you go astray, but gives his mercy full display in your new life. He's the way. They come to God and want to question. Instead, they should bow and make confession. All authorities in His possession. He raised the dead a bold impression. He said, I am His God expression. He forgives sins. That's only God's discretion. He has all power, and, but no oppression. He can save from all aggression and heal your every paralyzing depression. He'll save from every evil transgression. He ever lives to make intercession. His aim is to be your greatest obsession. Jesus responds, I will question you. Like God said to Job, now brace for what's true. Stand back, my friends. Don't mess with this Jew. He won't answer the fool like we often do. He reveals their cowardly hearts that he knew. He shows that they must be born anew. God is silent. To those full of pride, in humility bow, set self aside. He loves the humble with arms open wide. His mercy is free to all who abide. By faith in Him and His mercy hide. For God was silent to Christ when He cried, My God, my God, You've left my side. Oh, the sad silence when Jesus died. But God raised Him up. All mercy supplied. God's silence is broken for all worldwide. So trust in Him now and be His pure bride. He'll save you forever. Your needs He'll provide and fill you with joy that no one can hide. Christ Jesus reigns, owning all authority. In everything He bleeds superiority. Don't question Him for He's right in the majority. He's everlasting with utmost seniority. Yet He died on that cross and was counted inferiority. Bearing God's wrath in horrific deteriority. Yes, that's a word. But rose up from the dead with all superiority. Saving from every nation. The all and the minority. So trust in Him as your first priority and bow down to His God-man authority who is Himself our joy superiority. Beloved, you don't question Jesus' authority. He holds highest seniority. He alone is the majority. In everything, He is superiority. And submission to Him 
is always your first priority. Father, we pray that this would be true of us. That we would never question your authority. Lord, outwardly in what we say or, or inwardly in, in what we we, 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 we do. I, I do. I have, we have harsh thoughts about you, Lord. Are you really for us? Do you really love us? Do you really want what's best for us? Are you really good? Lord, we do that. We struggle with these kinds of questions of your authority. Forgive us, oh God. Forgive us for resisting authority, resisting your authority, resisting authorities in our lives that we should submit to, resisting contentment, Lord. Forgive us. Forgive us for our sins. Lord, we praise you. We praise you that you have all authority. Help us never question your authority. Show us, Lord, that you hold highest seniority from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. You alone are in the majority. Lord, we, we praise you that if we're with you and the whole world's against us, we're in the majority. Help us stand with you, God. In everything, Lord Jesus, we confess you have superiority. You are superior. You are supreme. You have the preeminence. You are the greatest. And Lord, help us know that submission to you is always our first priority. Please, God, help us to submit to your authority in every area of our lives. Holy Spirit, work in our hearts. Show us ways in which we're failing at this in which we're resisting your authority. Help us to bow the knee. From the river to the sea, all will bow to Christ on their knee. Every person will bow to King Jesus. Willingly or unwillingly, we thank you for that, Lord. Help us bow to King Jesus. Help us bow our knee to King Jesus now in every area and live in that freedom and that joy. We pray for Jesus' sake. And we pray that we would truly crown you with many crowns. The Lord upon his throne. Oh God, be our king. For Jesus' sake. Amen.